Hey, everybody, what's going on? Rob Sister back here on the road to Westeros, day number five. Josh Wiggler, are we there yet? Well, we're so close. So close. So close. I can't, so really, close. I can't really tell, though, because I can't see anything. Oh, no. You can't see why. Yeah. Is there a huge stone statue blocking the way? No, it's that I uh, I was acting out. I wasn't playing by the podcasting rules, guys, and Rob blinded me. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Well, technically, very rude. Very yes, rude. yes, you put on the other uh, voice boxes. That's true. <laughs> and that was strictly against the rules. I know. I was using uh, another voice. I didn't clear it with you to use samples. No, put it back. Sorry, put it back. Sorry. That's not for you to touch. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I tried on Rob's penner for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I got, that's it. I got scolded. That's it. I yeah. am the uh, many-voiced god. Yes, the many-voiced <laughs> Rob. Yeah. And so here we are to talk about what's going on over in Bravos between Arya and the House of Black and White and Jake and Hagar. Let Arya me ask too. you really quickly, you know, in in going back and listening to some of these podcasts that, mm-hmm. that I did on my way out here, um, you had mentioned something that I had found troubling. Oh, no. As a New Yorker, I was very upset by this, that uh, you were out on the black and white cookie. Yeah. Yeah, is that still the case? <laughs> or have you changed your position on the black and white Well, cookie? I have some friends that have gotten severe gastrointestinal distress after eating a black and white cookie. Okay. No, it's not my favorite. Uh-huh. I feel like that the I actually I like the chocolate side. I find the vanilla side yeah, to be dis- not great. We had discussed that and we had said that we were not black and white cookie compatible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But on further reflection, I've thought about it a little bit more and I think that I could handle just the vanilla if you wanted the chocolate. I mean, that's such a bad cookie. Of It's just like a, a plain but it is cookie like, it is with des- vanilla icing. It is perfectly designed for sharing if we could just, you know, get over ourselves and just share this cookie. Fine. Well, I'll share the cookie with I'll you. Share fine. The cookie with me. I want us to be black and white cookie compatible. All right, fine. Going into the season. Well, you're flexible. Like is, you're flexible. I feel like just that's the, you know, that's the philosophy we have to be going into Game of Thrones season six with. You just have to be black and white cookie compatible. You have to be flexible. You have to be ready to take on some things that you might not like, but you just have to eat them with a brave face. And if you don't have a brave face, borrow one from the House of Black and White. And so before we get into talking about Bravos here, if you've missed any of our Road to Westeros podcast, you can subscribe to the podcast. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash G-O-T iTunes. We always appreciate your feedback, your comments, and your Stark ratings. Uh, or in this case, it's our Arya Stark ratings. Yeah. So here we go. And Josh... This season of Game of Thrones, all of the marketing that's been seen, the posters, everything you see is about this room in the House of Black and White. Yeah, that's right. Now, as we're recording this, you and I, everyone's listening to this. This is a very deep past recording. You guys are going back, you're flashbacking to Rob and I the day before we attend the Game of Thrones season six premiere in Hollywood. Right. What are the odds... That black and white cookies are being served at uh, this party. I would say... Shaped like a house. I would a say <laughs> almost uh, zero. Okay. All right. We'll, up it, we'll update you guys on Twitter. <laughs> Make sure to ask us. We'll let you know. Yeah. We'll uh, see. If Josh has Instagram uh, black and white cookies... Yeah, then you know. Uh, yes, then, you, then you'll know. <laughs> then you know. I think, yeah, the House of Black and White has been really prominently featured in the marketing, specifically the Hall of Faces which is the great big chamber where all of those faces are posted up that the that the assassins, that the faceless men use to change their face. Jake and H- Hagar, he has quite the collection, and Arya has been known 
to steal from there. And one of the first teasers that we saw for Game of Thrones Season 6 before the full-length trailer was released was this very ominous teaser that had all of these different faces of people who had been killed previously on Game of Thrones hung up. Their faces hung up in the House of Black and White. We saw Ned Stark. We saw Catelyn Stark. We saw Rob Stark. We saw poor Jon Snow, uh, which was, you know, kind of like a, a shot to the gut. Like, oh, yeah, so I guess that guy really is dead for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next thing you see is a whole bunch of people's faces, and these people are alive. Daenerys, Tyrion, um, Sansa, you know, all of these different people who are very much alive on the show. And I'm wondering what your take is on that thematically. What are they trying to drive home? Is this a point that the House of Black and White is going to be super important moving forward? Do you think it's a more ominous warning about the nature of season six? Well, just going back to the promo images from the last couple of seasons. Mm. Okay, so let me give you the posters from the previous seasons. You tell me if you feel like that there Am was... Am I naming the season? No, I, I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. Just the last it's couple of seasons. Game, last couple of seasons. So season five, the promo image is a lot of... It's Tyrion at the front of a ship with the dragon coming and uh, being pretty much sort of like right in his face. A lot of the flying, the, you know, silhouette of the dragon. Right. Certainly his season arc was leading to him meeting the dragon. Although he's on a boat that he's never on in the show. I Uh mean, it has almost no relevance that he's on like this huge ship. He's like at the front of the Titanic and he's got his, you know, he may as well have his arms. He's the king of the world right now. He's the king of Valyria. When in the episode... He was, you know, he saw the dragon up in the sky. He's and, on a rather. And he was in a canoe. Yeah, he's like in a. And I don't. I think a canoe is generous. It's like a rinky dink rowboat. It feels. Like. <laughs> he's in a rinky dink rowboat and yeah. he's tied up. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually a decently sized. A, again, I think that this is not canon. The image that we see okay. at the start of the season, the previous season, it was a lot of imagery of the three eyed crow. Okay. Uh, which is really pointing to the brand storyline, which does figure prominently in the season four finale. Right. A lot of all men must die. But there were like great, great swaths of episodes where Bran was just not there. Yeah. So I don't know necessarily if I put a lot of stock into what we see in the poster. I don't think that that necessarily means that it will figure figure that big in the storyline. So that's why I think it's probably more of a figurative thing. But I think that there's something important to possibly be gleaned from that, which is we're seeing people like Cersei's face is on there, Tyrion's face is on there, all these people who should not be there because they are alive on the show. We are going into uncharted waters here with season six. There's really very, very little book material to guide us forward. And I think one of the things that HBO and David Benioff and D.B. Weiss are trading on is this idea that we don't know what to expect in Game of Thrones season six. Mm -hmm. Anyone is up for grabs. Anyone can be Jon Snow. If Jon Snow can be killed, everyone can be killed. All men can be killed, as Mm -hmm. Arya would say. And I think that that's kind of the thing that they're trying to drive home. Do I expect that all these people are going to die by the end of season six? No, because that would leave us with a really boring season seven, eight, or however many it goes for. But I do think that that's one of the big themes entering the season that I think that the Hall of Faces represents really well is unknown territory. Anyone is up for grabs. So Arya herself, she is now blinded. Do we expect her to remain blind for the rest of the season and or the series? Um, probably not, right? You can't imagine that she's just permanently blind. I mean, every one of these Starks, it seems like something, you know, something, something yeah. bad happens to them. I mean, even all of our protagonists between, you know, Jamie loses a hand right. and, 
you know, Tyrion gets his nose cut off and for Arya to lose her sight and Bran to lose his ability to right. walk. It does feel like that everybody gets something taken away from them. Why wouldn't they make Arya continue to be blind? I think that one of the things about that theme, and I think that that really does work, is when when somebody loses something, it's typically something that really matters to them, something mm-hmm. that's super, super important to them. Um, I think that you see that in many, and many, many of the characters. I apologize for omitting Theon. I know. Well, I was hoping that we weren't <laughs> going to bring it up. You know, that's traumatic enough that we all recall. Mm-hmm. But Theon actually is a great place to start with this point that I'm trying to make is that these people all lose the things that are like the most important thing to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Theon was promiscuous. Theon slept around and Theon was famous for having a, you know what, a very sizable thing going on down there. That's taken from him. Jamie is widely talked about as the greatest swordsman in the Seven Kingdoms. He is now a crap swordsman because his sword hand is cut off. Uh, Bran, his favorite thing in the whole wide world is to climb those towers at Winterfell and he's pushed out the window and his ability to climb is taken away from him. Is do you think for Arya, like is losing her sight, does that does that trend with that? Does that fit with this idea of losing the thing you love and need most? Is Arya's sight, is there something thematic with her that removing that permanently, not being able to give that back to her, is that a big enough deal for a character like that? Well, I wouldn't say that it's her defining trait where she is like somebody who looks at things yeah. and then I like I don't think there's anything about her, but I wonder maybe if that sort of like independent spirit that she has, I wonder if she's going to need to rely on others more and she can't be as rebellious because of that. But I do feel like that I wonder if this will be short term, not so much in like, oh, in the season premiere, she's going to get it back. But it's the kind of thing where I feel like maybe it's like a magic spell and that Jake and Hagar will restore her sight once she has completed her training. Yeah, I think that the thing that probably matters to Arya the most, the way that those things mattered so much to those characters, the thing that if she can get rid of this permanently, maybe that puts her on the right path or a redemptive path is her her grudges, you know, her, her grudges, her vendetta, her bloodlust. You know, she has this long list of people that she wants to kill for slighting her in the past for, you know, ruining her life. And if she can abandon that, does she get her sight back? Is she now seeing things clearly? Is that something? I mean, that's what the training at the House of Black and White is supposed to be about. Arya needs to become no one. And if she truly becomes no one, if she can give up that list, if she doesn't just like see someone like Marin Trant and just go stabby, stabby, stabby. And now she can't see him. Yeah, now she can't see anything. You know, if she can give that up, is that the cutting off Jamie's hand? If she's cut, if she gets her vendettas cut off, if she gets her grudges cut off, is that a path to put Arya on? I mean, that would certainly be interesting to have her not be able to fulfill that list. Right. And is that t- the thing that you're taking away yeah, from her? Yeah, I think job? if you just like make her kind of more of an amoral character, somebody who is, you know... But n- then what is she? Then she is, you know, an instrument of death for these people, that she is still a very highly trained killer. Blind assassin? Blind assassin. That's possible. Yeah. That's, but- a, you know, that's a cool trope in, you know, a lot of like samurai fiction and stuff like that. But if Arya gives up her vengeance, yeah. then I don't know what her story is. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, a, a big piece of it, too, with a lot of these characters is you take this thing away from them and then you give them something really big in their place. Like with Bran, he is, you know, he's unable to walk, but he goes to the Three-Eyed Raven and the Three-Eyed Raven says, Brandon Stark, you'll never walk again, but I promise you'll fly. I think a lot of people would view flying as an upgrade. That would be really sweet if you could fly. So if you take away Arya's grudge, 
but instead you give her these amazing skills with which to kill and like sort of this amorality, this, you know, sort of morally gray attitude. Can she then be unleashed in Westeros and have like a proper business reason to take care of some of these people who have slighted her in the past? Maybe that's the upgrade that would be in her in her uh, future. And while we're talking about Arya and while we're wondering about her future, one of our great regular listeners and contributors here, our Philly, had some thoughts on Arya as well. Let's cue that up. Arya Philly. Arya Philly. Hey, what up, guys? It's Rich Filiberto, your boy R. Philly, out here on the interwebs. So I'm psyched you guys are back on the road to Westeros. I've long been on record that Arya Stark is the single coolest fictional character of all time. And I think uh, it's because she's like this open-ended promise of revenge, right? She's the small, unassuming girl. She's lost in the middle of war. She's completely forgotten by her enemies. She spends her childhood meticulously cultivating uh, her bloodlust. And she's now training with the magical face-changing ninja assassins. So we're going into this season. The books have not been written. We have no clue what's going to happen. And I find myself terrified that for the first time ever... I have no certainty that Arya Stark will be alive 10 episodes from now. So I'm just curious, like, how psyched are you guys to see where they go with her this season? She's blind and training. And do you think she's alive by the time we're 10 episodes in and the season is at its close? Thank you guys so much. Hope you're doing well. Have a good one. Off into the night yeah. he goes. There you go. He was he was emerging from the box. <laughs> the box or was he at the wall? <laughs> yeah. He's going in the elevator. Yeah. Is Arya alive at the end of these 10 episodes? That's really at the heart of our Philly's question there. And um, I think, yeah. I don't think we're going to lose Arya here. I don't think we're going to lose Arya here. You're very surprised. Not here. I think we could lose Arya eventually. In the end game? I think Macy Williams has you know portrayed such a cool kind of iconic character here on Game of Thrones, that you really lose something if you get rid of Arya Stark. Arya Stark, to me, seems like if you're going to kill that character off and she does deal in violence so often that it's easy to see that something like that would happen, I just feel like to lose that before you're really close to the home stretch seems like a mistake to me. I kind of feel like we're not losing any more Stark kids, and I feel like I think we're going to get Jon Snow back. Right. I think all the Stark kids live to see the end of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think that they at least get real close. Yeah. I mean, this is what we always say about the Starks, and then they just freaking kill a Stark, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Jon Snow's coming back. I know. He's back. He's back. Yeah. I think uh, all the Starks and Tyrion, I think they all live to the end of this. Okay. Well, I am really excited to see where they take things with Arya. I think that Arya, she's really on her side story right now. It's hard to see how she wraps back into the bigger picture. Um, I can't wait to figure that out. I can't wait to see how this season sort of pushes her back. If she's just sort of here on her own island, though, here in Bravos, Bravos? and in this story, um, just completely by herself, do you feel like you're going to be cookie compatible with that storyline, or do you feel like you're going to want to give that up? Like, even though she's such a great character, if there's just no way that that's really tying in to the main narrative. That's just going to be a little stale. I think it's going to be a little stale. I mean, we had a whole season of that where right. Arya was doing her own thing that wasn't really tied into the main narrative, and yeah. it was okay. We're going to do two years of that? Yeah. It seems like a lot. I think that at least by the end of the season, she's off and done with this. I, I do think that we will spend the remainder of this season or this season in its entirety in the House of Black and White, and I think that Raria, by the yeah. end of the season, and then we'll have her go back out into the world. Now, also credited in this first episode of the season, the Red Woman, mm. I do see the name 
of Roger Ashton Griffiths. Roger Ashton Griffiths. The actor who plays Mace Tyrell. Whoa! <laughs> Do you have any Mace music to play right now? <laughs> That's really good. Just off the top of your head, I liked it. Uh, yeah, Mace Tyrell, back in business here. Mace likes the ladies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does. I imagine. I hope uh, you know his tastes are a little more kosher than uh, Marin Trant. Likes girls named Maisie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So it, 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 what's he doing here? He's just hanging out. He's chilling with the Iron Banker. Is I he think. like, hey, where's Marin Trent? Yeah, he's trying to figure out what's going on with the Iron Banker of Bravos. Not for nothing, too. Just a little bit of a brief tangent. The Iron Banker of Bravos, didn't he lend like a butt ton of dragons to, uh, to Stannis Baratheon? Well, that's... What's going to happen there? <laughs> just SOL? Yeah, I think so. That sucks. Yeah, so sorry about that. Yeah, I wonder if there's anything more with that. But yeah, that's what, uh, that's what Mace has been up to. High-risk loan. Yeah, it really was. You know, he really put it all out there, back to the wrong horse. Um, how how soon before Mace Tyrell and Macy Williams? How often? How how soon before those two tie together? Do you think that they will? I don't think so. I kind of feel like that they just sort of, sort of like parallel stories. Where you don't think that she hitches a ride like on his boat oh. back to Westeros or something like that? Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, that could be cool. Yeah. So okay, so the, he's the ride home. Yeah. Okay, take but, a lift. Then I think then he must get really hung up on paperwork with the Iron Bank. It seems like it's complicated. I mean, the Crown owes a lot to these people. You know, the Lannisters are really in a bad financial situation right now to begin with. Uh, King's Landing really owes a ton to Bravo, so it could take a while. It could be a couple weeks. Yeah. Okay. Anything else about Bravos? Yeah. Anything Jake and Hagar? Yeah. How many Jake and Hagars are out there, do you think? What's the over-under on how many Jake and Hagars are in the world? Like, how many of these faceless assassins do you think have Jake and Hagar's face? Like, I don't could know. Could we see a Jake and Hagar just popping up in Westeros at the same time that he's in Bravos? Well, sometimes it's Arya 2. Sometimes it's Arya 2. <laughs> Arya 2D2. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think there's only one guy, Jake and Hagar, but I don't even know if he really looks like the guy who we, we don't think even is know Jake if and Hagar. There's a real Jake and Hagar. Like, the that, man is no one. He really is no one. And it really blew my mind when at the end, like, the Arya 2 like, took her face off and it was Jake and Hagar, and then another Jake and Hagar was there. How many are there? I don't know. Are any of our main characters secretly Jake and Hagar already? <sighs> I don't think so. Is that completely impossible that there's somebody that we know that is a Jake and Hagar? Hmm. What if Littlefinger's a Jake and Hagar? That'd be something. Yeah, that'd be pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, that would be something. That'd be bad. Okay. All right. Well, we will find out more about what is going on with Arya. I believe Arya was not in the season five premiere, so hopefully she can get... Uh, That's right. She came in episode two. Yeah, back in the swing of things yeah. in the season six premiere. We'll see what happens this Sunday night on HBO. Podcast to follow coming up from us here on Post Show Recaps. Make sure you don't miss it. Subscribe to the podcast. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash G-O-T iTunes. And uh, we appreciate that. Josh, what is the hashtag today? I had cookie compatible. Cookie compatible? I liked that. Sure. Uh, let's go with that. Uh, do you want people to specify whether they are yeah, the tell us which half you would go chocolate with. or yeah. vanilla half and then of the cookie? we can see if we can set you up with somebody who is, you know, also cookie compatible. Some sort of dating service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hello, but- cookie. Hello, Cookie. There you go. All right. Okay, Cookie. Yeah. Good stuff all around. Follow Josh on Twitter. He's at Round Howard. Plenty of podcasts, articles that he's writing for The Hollywood Reporter, and much, much more. Cookie news. Yep. You never know. (laughs) Snooky news. Snooky news. (laughs) I'm at Rob Sesternino. 
Uh, I am bringing you Wookiee news. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> yes. Are you planning that? That's a great yes. podcast name. Yes. All right. And then uh, looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say on postshowrecaps.com. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about what is going on with Brand. Yeah, we are going to make the long schlep from Bravos to Beyond the Wall. I mean, we realized that we probably could have talked about him earlier, but Jon Snow is really the headliner. Yeah. Uh, so we had to start there. But now that we're talking to Arya, I miss Bran, and, uh, you know, we could talk about that Bran cookie. And, yeah, let's talk about the real headline, Hodor. Yeah. Oh, God, Hodor. Turn of Hodor. DJ Hodor. 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 Okay, all right. So we'll be back tomorrow. More Road to Westeros coming up. Take care, everybody. Bye.